You are listening to Up To Me Radio, the best in inspirational talk radio. It's up to me. Hello, my friends, and welcome to Coffee with Kim. I invite you to journey with me to a new day. I believe God has led you to this moment and this place because He is about to bring purpose and potential to your story. So join thousands of women and men from around the globe who have discovered how powerful their stories become once Christ touches them with His purpose. Don't you long to make this same discovery? Then grab your coffee, scoot in, and join me as we let God's Word reveal how every part of your past has been preparing you for this very moment. Do you believe in miracles? And if you are in the need of a miracle and you're looking for a reason to believe in, let me tell you, friends, today's conversation may be of come happening just for you. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Coffee with Kim. Coffee, as we all know, stands for Conversations of Friends of Faith to Encourage and Equip. I'm Kim Crable, delighted, delighted to be your host. Well, at the age of 25, Luke Bernard was in a single vehicle crash that left him with a broken neck and back and traumatic brain injury. His survival was unlikely, but if he did survive, he was expected to be in a vegetative state. Instead, what happened has become the subject of the movie, the favorite, and the topic of many inspirational, encouraging messages. Today, today, this very minute, we are so honored to have with us the man of the miracle, Mr. Luke Bernard. Luke, Luke, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you, Kim, for having me. It's blessed to be on the show. So thank oh, you. My. Oh, absolutely. I will tell you, I've been so looking forward to this, Luke. I watched the movie, and I, all of our listeners out there, if you haven't, please go. Um, you can get it through Amazon Prime, um, The Favorite. You must go look. It is. It, 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 it has all aspects. You laugh, you cry, you hurt, you ache, you're emotional, but you're left so inspired. And, and Luke, all of that was about you, and you wrote it, and you put it together, and I want to talk about all that. But first, if it's okay, I want to just yes. talk about Luke the, Luke the man. How about that? So before we get okay. started into your right. story, before we get started into yeah. your story, where, where are you right now? Where are you living right now? Well, right now I, li- I live in Greenville, South Carolina. Uh, so that's, that's where I live now. Uh, and uh, – Currently, I'm actually in Duncan, South Carolina, because that's where I work. I work as a as a personal trainer in any t- at an Anytime Fitness Gym here in Duncan, South oh. Carolina. Oh, how about that? For, from someone who, who was thought not to be able to move again, there you are, a, a physical trainer. That's just amazing. Okay. <laughs> exactly. So, you know. And, and I have to speak to our uh, our callers. We already have some people um, who are waiting to call in to speak to you, Luke. And to you who are waiting, please hold on. We are going to be taking calls after the first half, after we get the story out. So if you're wanting to speak to Luke, to uh, honor Luke and his life, you can certainly call 347-324-5246. Be sure and press 1. 
and then you'll go into a green room in the second part of our show. We would love to have you um, share any comments or any thoughts to Luke. Okay, Luke, well, let's get started in this incredible story. Let's go back, if, right. we, if we might, to March 8th, okay. March 8th of 2013. What was your life like on that, that day? Okay, the well, day my life, yes, that, that's, that's easier to answer than what actually happened that actual day. Just because of my traumatic brain injury, I, uh, I don't remember much. Uh, I don't remember a year prior to the accident, mm-hmm. but I, I do remember who Luke was uh, at that time. So mm-hmm. that's an easier question for me to answer. Uh, well, <laughs> this is hard to say. I mean, I, I, I grew up in a Christian home. My father was a minister. Uh-huh. My family were missionaries to Nigeria, Africa. And so uh, I, like many people, they grew up knowing um, about God and how you're supposed to be a good Christian and things like that, uh, he was hurting. Yeah. Uh, Can you tell the, us about that is, hurt? Yeah, well, and, and the thing for, is, is and, that and I, uh, yes. Now, I was going to say, for ahead. our listeners' sake, I was going to say, for our listeners' sake, the reason that I ask on March 8th is because the accident happened on March 9th. So I want to, we're getting yes. a picture of what your life was like the day before the accident. Okay, you were well, struggling. Um, you... Yes. Um, well, I, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I still, I still went to church, and I went to a small, uh, small uh, group um, um, of young adults, um, and so I, I still did that because my heart was for God, but I was struggling. I was struggling because I didn't know where I belonged. Um, I feel like that was knowing where I belonged, where I fit in, because I felt like I really didn't fit in um, with how I thought Christians were supposed to be. I was like all these T's, I have to, all these dots, I have to to do yeah. as a Christian. I, there was it was just felt like all these regulations that I had to do to be a good Christian, and I felt like I, I just really didn't measure up. Uh, if I'm being just mm. totally honest about that. Uh, I was mm-hmm. like, I've got to do this. i got to do this. I have to read my Bible every day. I have to tithe mm-hmm. every, the 10% of everything I earn. And there's all these things, all these regulations. I was like, oh, my gosh. I mean, I, I just don't know if I can yeah. measure up to all these things that I have to do. And so, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean there's nothing wrong with wanting to be liked. I, want, I just wanted people to like me. I'm a, I mean, I'm in L.A., and my family and friends grew up in Florida across the nation, and so I, I, I mean, I had just, I just wanted people, I wanted friendship. And of so my course. coworkers and I was pursuing an acting career and the, these in LA people, you know, they like to party. And so I started getting that crowd uh, and uh, alcohol started being a problem for me where, uh, where I was a funny drunk. And so everybody liked me to drink because I was a good time. I would make people laugh. So I mm. just had like, I had this, this identity that I didn't want. Like I had to be this perfect Christian at church and then had to be this party animal with these other friends, but neither wow. one were Luke. So I really didn't know who Luke was. 
and I was hurting. Mm. And oh I, was, my gosh. I was battling with depression. It was, it, I was, I was in a very bad state at that. At, and, uh, and March 8th, just if I'm being totally real with you. Well, and I thank you for that because I feel like that's the battle that's so in all of us. And and your identity, you had, from from what I saw in the movie, your identity wasn't solid anyway because of some sibling rivalry, right, which is so common. Uh, it, it's something that we learn about in counseling and, and learn how to deal with. But there was a, there was, you have a brother, a brother that was, you thought was so perfect, right? Well, um the 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 story of the movie well i'm um i'm one of six i have four sisters i do have a brother right. uh but the actual right. sto- um movie the favorite um the two brothers they both are luke my name is luke oh, benjamin right. bernard one brother is luke uh-huh. one brother is yeah, benjamin that's one right. brother he depicts what happens to me physically my injuries and healing and recovery the other one depicts what happened to me um, spiritually, um, not have, mm-hmm. feeling my identity, feeling good enough, and then coming mm-hmm. to the realization of, of God's love for him when he's not worthy. That is such a clever way, and I want to get to that later about I mean, you sat down and wrote all this. I mean, this came, this is just a phenomenal story. Okay, so, okay, Luke, so we, 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 I think we've gotten a really good picture, and I think a lot of people now have leaned in to where you were on March 8th because that is where so many people reside, especially when you said, I just wanted friendship. You know, the number one um, heart disease they, from, a, from a study from Harvard University shows that loneliness it's the number one thing that we're all that Americans are dealing with now. So many people get and totally understand exactly what you're saying. So, so we've got attention here. So it's March 8th, and we see uh, everything, the battle that's going on with you. So then, lead us in to March 9th and what happened. Oh, okay, so March ninth. Now I know what happened on that day because of I I did a little detective work to find out what actually happened. Um, so um, uh-huh. I I was a I was a server at a restaurant and I worked a double shift. That means I I worked the the lunch shift and I worked the dinner shift. And after uh-huh. that, then I went and I got a workout in the gym. Then I met coworkers at a bar. Uh, we had a few, and then we were all uh, driving over a coworker's place. We're all going to sleep there and run the the color run. It's a 5K the next morning. So uh-huh. um, when I get when I get the all the activities I was doing, I was like, man, that yeah. that's that's a long day. <laughs> like uh, when yeah. I was driving, and when I was driving. Um, Apparently, I'd never been to this person's place before, and so I got lost, and I know you're not supposed to, but, I mean, I was texting, where are you guys at, and how do I get there, and stuff like that, Uh, and uh, then I veered off the road, and I hit a a tree of... basically uh, several different items and then eventually it, it ran to a tree uh that's how the mm-hmm. accident took place um so it's all speculation of 
what was the cause of it. I, I, I think I might have fallen asleep at the wheel because um, that is, um, I think that's the most likely of how it happened because um, it was um, 3 a.m. Um, at, at the time as well. So uh-huh. working a double shift, working out, even if I had anything right. to drink, that's a depressant, so it makes me even more tired. And so 3 a.m., I'm like, uh, yeah, I probably fell asleep at the wheel. Um, but right. that's just my detective work of – and uh, and uh, accent. Um, now, from the accent, I don't – where's my brain injury? I don't remember anything. Uh, uh, I only started forming new memories when I finally – my parents brought me back to Florida to live with them as I continued my my outpa- outpatient um, rehabilitation where I had uh, to finish with my speech therapy, um, which speech therapy, it helps me with my cognitive thinking, critical thinking, and things like that. Uh, and so I, and I still didn't have a, a piece of my skull because they removed a four-by-five-inch mm-hmm. piece of my skull to allow my brain to swell because of my traumatic brain injury right. and to remove two blood clots. So um, mm-hmm. I was going around with a helmet. I was still doing my, my rehabilitation. And the, the one miracle I do remember is when I went to the doctor for a checkup to make sure that um, the area with no skull, uh, it wasn't swelling or anything like that. He checks and he looks and he's like, Okay, this this looks all good. I think you're ready for the surgery. Let's get this done. And I'm like, mm. me and my mother and I, we were just shocked because it was supposed to take at least a year. Now the reason is, doc, uh, medical people know that there's certain things that have to to check off before you can open up that layer of skin again to uh, have the cranioplasty. Yeah. And uh, yeah. the dura was healed, the swelling was down, and I was all ready. And so. I got it. I got that my new cranioplasty skull, which is titanium and cement mesh, in two months when it was supposed to take a year. So I remember that, right. and my I'm seeing pictures of my my stay at the hospital, and my parents were telling me how I'm a miracle, how I shouldn't be alive, and all this stuff. And I believe my parents, but just just how I am, I wanted to get I wanted to get the facts. And right, right. I believe God healed me, but I, I just wanted to I just wanted to know because I didn't know what happened uh, or right. anything like that. So I requested to get my uh, my medical records, and when they mm-hmm. sent them, um, well, my my parents what they told me they weren't they didn't actually know exactly the details of how life threatening. Uh, my medical records said. Um, that I had uh, fractures in my C4 and C6 vertebrae, uh, facial fractures, rib fractures, a removal of a 4 by 5 inch piece of my skull, allowed my brain to swell, two blood clots, and that patient was mm-hmm. uh, GCS of 3 with dilated and fixed pupils. Now, I don't know what a GCS of 3, I don't know what that is. So I went and asked a friend of mine who happened to become a doctor, and I'm like, what does it mean if you're a GCS of three with dilated fixed pupils? He's like, he tells me, uh, that basically means you're dead. And I'm like, mm. okay, can you at least tell me what GCS stands for? He says it stands for Glasgow Coma Scale. So, of course, I put it in Google. I find out what is, what is this. And so, uh, right. basically, um, trauma patients... 
that's a that's a scale that um, medical people they go off of, and it ranges from from one. There's three different areas ranging from one to five, one to six, one to five, um, and I scored a one in each one of those. And I mm. read some articles that patients that are a, a GCS of three have uh, virtually no chance of survival. If they do survive mm. and have a good survival, they uh, live in a vegetative state. And then it said, mm. however, those with a GCS of three with dilated and and fixed pupils have a 100% fatality rate. Medical staff wow. may consider stopping treatment and organ donation. My license says I'm an organ mm. donor. So I just, seeing that, it broke me. It broke oh. me because I just like, he, God, I feel like God knows me. He wanted me to get the facts. He wanted me to see yeah. it, and so he could tell me, Luke, there's no doubt I did this. I mm. did this. You mm. were supposed to be dead 100%, and I and you aren't just alive, but you're running 10Ks half marathons, mm. you are a personal trainer, and and he's gone so far and beyond that I'm just, I'm so, it's, I'm, I'm honored and I'm blessed that God would be so gracious to me because I'm, I'm like, who am I? Who am I? You know, because, we think that you know, we live in a world where you get what you earn. And and how I was living, she's asked how I was on March 8th, how I was living. I did not earn anything that I received mm-hmm. from God. It's just, I can't say I was a good Christian. Cause I, still, I mean, I went to church, but I was struggling, struggling with with my identity with alcohol, and I was just, uh, and and yet God, He knew my mm-hmm. heart. He knew, yeah. even though I, I was lost, He loved me, and I'm just very grateful for God being so merciful to me. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah. <laughs> I well, I mean, worried, worried I, I, what the question was, but I, I went off on a far no, on that, I no, guess. No, oh no, 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 no. You answered it, and not only did you answer uh, the question I asked, I think you answered a lot of questions that people were asking. And I just uh, so appreciate the vulnerability and the and the love that you have for the Lord. And I love, I love because I will tell you, when I first got your paperwork, Luke, I thought, oh, there's a mistake here. Uh, miracles happen for the undeserving. Miracle. Ha-. I was thinking, um, I don't know what that means. And then I went back and read your paperwork, and it was like. You know, and it's just what you said, that you said you received a miracle even though you were undeserving. And I I just can't help. None of us are. That's the whole thing. None of us are deserving of God's grace. It's his mercy. But, I mean, think, think uh, Luke, about people who just are listening to that right now who are in the need of miracles. And maybe it's not physical. Maybe maybe it's for um 
You know, maybe maybe their their family's breaking apart. Maybe it's a relational. Maybe it's maybe it's maybe it is physical. Maybe it's a mental. Maybe it's you know from worry or fear. They just need a miracle to be released to be able to stand up and walk. Well, what do, what do you say to them? Well, um, I well I I I say to them is that um, that the i mean don't don't rely on the world and the and the outcome and even when things don't go your way um or what that you want cuz there's through going through this um you know my um uh, i still have i still have injuries i'm not 100% um and mm-hmm. even though things didn't go exactly how i wanted uh, and being all better, I just see God's hand behind it. And God, whatever the mm-hmm. outcome is, God wants what's best for you. And his mm-hmm. plan is what's best for you. Even though you can't, there's, there's, in my journey, there were so many times I didn't see the end result of, of things. I didn't see, I just didn't make sense. And I mean, I mean, real. Like, I grew to have a good relationship, a strong relationship with God. And when I pray, before I might have prayed just very, like, how how I thought, you know, being a Christian, it was very like, I don't know, to the T, kind of like I was supposed to say this and this and this, kind of like. Now, now I just, I just, I just talk to God like. He's 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 a friend of mine, and I tell you, I'm not I'm not happy with all my friends all the time. So there's been times that I've my prayers have been kind of yelling at God. I'm just being real. I've I prayed where I'm yelling at God because I'm upset, um, mm-hmm. and I've been I've yelled and I'm like God, why are you doing this? I'm mad, and this and like things are supposed to happen your will. I don't see my way. What I'm wanting—that's your will. That's what it is. Why? Why is it happening this way? It just—it doesn't make sense. Why are you doing this, God? And I, of course, then when when it happened, uh, and I see the end results, and I see it's mm. far better than what I wanted. Uh, yes. I go back to him, and mm. a lot of times, and there have been times that I've been crying and praying and saying, "God, I'm sorry." And uh, I'm sorry for I just didn't understand. I didn't see it. I I I know I don't know why you just put up with me, but thank you. Um, <laughs> but just I, I just love say all I... that to say that God he he wants what's best. Okay, and um, and and if if it's something re- with relational. Uh, a, a relationship. Um, I the best thing is to seek God, seek God, seek the all right a scripture. Uh, uh, seek God with all your heart and do not lean standing. In all of your ways acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. Right. Live that and and 
you will go down this path that you might not see, you might not understand, but it will be a path that God wants you down because he has what's best for you. I, I, I believe That's- it, and, and I've, I've lived it. So I'm just telling you, in the struggles, in the pains, um, there's a bright light cause, and God's best at the end of it. So just, uh, just trust me on that. I love that, Luke, and the, the scripture that you just quoted was Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, in case anybody wants to, to write that down, because that, that, you know, and what what puts so much, the reason that, that it means so much coming from you is because you've lived it, and we see that you lived it, and what, and what I love about your relationship with Christ is that it is real. How many of us as believers, you, you friends who are listening to me now, how many of us think we want to just yell at God and we just want to be angry with him? And, and of course, we're respectful toward God. Of course we are. But, but, you know, God wants us to be real with him. And that's what I love about what Luke is saying. Luke is real with God because he knows that God is big enough to handle Luke and how he's feeling. And uh, I, I love the authenticity um, that this uh, that that the relationship you have with him, Luke. We're going to have to go uh, for just a, okay. a short break. We're going to take a thirty second break, and when we get back, I'm going to open up the lines. If any callers would like to call in, if they have a a question, or if they if they've seen the movie and would just like to uh, you know tell you what that meant to them, if if anybody's out there and wants to call in, you surely can by calling three four seven three two four. 5246. Be sure and press 1. Uh, you will be asked to give the last four digits of your phone number, which will be given to me, and it will alert me that you're on the, on the line and I can bring you in. Please just make sure that it's a question or something that's relevant to what Luke has been talking about or to encourage him in his walk. Um, Luke, when we get back, I'd like to go mm-hmm. into, and you've, you've, you've shared some of it a little bit, but I want to ask you a question. Do you, and, and this is when we get back, do you believe the accident was God's plan for your life? So think about that, and when we get back, we will uh, we'll continue this incredible conversation. So listeners, uh, hold on for 30 seconds. We'll be right back with Luke Bernard. Listen and imagine. It takes five seconds to send a text, and for those five seconds, you're driving blind. Life is worth more than a text. Stay alive. Don't text and drive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, a message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, Noise, and the Ad Council. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to Coffee with Kim. Coffee stands for Conversations of Friends of Faith to Encourage and Equip. Before we get back to our incredible guest today, I'd like to remind you that my ministry is rosesandrainbows.org, and you can find out more about me and what we do by visiting www.kimcrable.org. This is the year where we are proclaiming the theme, living free in 23. What does that mean? What are we to be freed from and what are we to be freed for? This is our year, friends. Go to our webpage and find out about us. We'd love to partner with you in your area. Lots of wonderful things going on. All right. Well, we just want to... Uh, get back to today's guest, Luke Bernard. If you're just joining us or if you um, 
want to have just a little bit more information. Luke was uh, the uh, topic of the movie that he wrote, and I want to hear about that, called The Favorite. Luke was in a near-fatal car accident where he suffered uh, so many injuries that it was he wasn't even supposed to live, and he just explained that to us. What an incredible story of what God has done in Luke's life. And one of Luke's uh, favorite scriptures comes from Romans 2.11, for God does not show favoritism. And, Luke, I would think that you're saying that so that people listening will know that what God did for you, he can also do for them. Is that correct? Oh, for sure. Yes. Um, it's it's. It's a scripture that uh, we just pass through and just really just don't, you know, digest the meaning of that, that of, of God. There's, there's many scriptures in, this, in the Bible of how that God doesn't play favorites. He isn't, he isn't for anyone. And um, just a showing that if you see God work in other people's life, it's not that he won't work in yours as well. He's the same God, and right. He loves you just as He loves someone else. Um, that's that's nothing that's going to change that. And I love the so. fact that of of what you have so perfectly uh, described and explained and given a picture of is that you don't have to be that perfect person to be able to receive it. You talk about being um, the undeserving recipient of a miracle and I think that is such a that's such a huge word because Luke in our world it's just like you were saying there are all these boxes to check and things to do but that's not the God that we serve is it no I I mean and it's once you grow to to seek God and know who he is um, and you grew up and in the church and stuff like that, you you like I didn't like I knew of God, but I didn't know God because the God, the God who He actually is, is mm. is different, is real, and because I mean, all right, for your listeners, I write down five characteristics of who God is to you. Who is God to you? Write five characteristics of God. Now, before my accent and the way I grew up, how I, my characteristics for God would be um, the judge. Uh, mm. He would be uh, the father, the punisher. Uh, th- those would be my lists of, of who mm. God was. But now... Mm. I realized that 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 th- those are okay. Those are characteristics of God, but that's not God's primary characteristics. That's really not mm. who God is. God is the God of love, of mercy, mm. of compassion. That is who God is. That is His makeup. He doesn't. He doesn't want to punish. He doesn't want to 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 discipline you, but He does it. He leads his punishment and discipline with love for you. That is why he disciplines you, is because he loves you. He wants to correct you, to put you back on the right path for your sake. That is the reason. Mm. He's not doing it to hurt you. He's doing it because he loves you. That is a purpose. Right. So, um, so I just, 
I just just had just this wrong understanding of who God was, and once once I understand of who God is, I just I just my outlook on just the world and life and people was just different. I I felt like I started to view people through through God's lens, and and sometimes I'm like, wow, my heart hurts mm. because I just see your see their struggle and see their pain and mm-hmm. that they don't know that some that God loves them that mm-hmm. they they ha- they have worth they have purpose they have a destiny yeah. in their life and and so so that's why um I have heart for people f- um for that reason um uh, yeah. Luke I love that it- I love that, and and just to put because you are you're just quoting so many scriptures in such a natural way, and I just want to bring that back. Um, it, that's Hebrews eleven, twelve, and five uh, for our listeners. It says, "If you have forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as my sons, says my sons, do not take lightly the discipline of the Lord, and do not lose heart." When he rebukes you, for the Lord, verse six of Hebrews twelve, for the Lord disciplines the ones he loves. And so that's exactly what you were saying. God doesn't come down as a gotcha God. He comes down as a loving God, and he's trying to move us into his will because he knew, maybe he knew, you know, what what needed to happen. He knows what needs to happen to all of us to help us see him and and to get into uh, eternity, which leads me to my next question. Luke, do Mm -hmm. you believe the accident was God's plan for your life? See that that is a question that has like racked my brain, and because um, I was um, <laughs> one of the pastors that um, we grew to have my 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 father discipled in Nigeria and and he became a pastor. He he said to me that uh, that this was God's destiny and plan for my life to uh, God's God, God caused this accident, things like that. And so when he said it to me, I was like, I was like, God caused the accident, and so it just really started me to think about this. And mm-hmm. and the thing is, is I think I, I I don't I don't necessarily think and it's still I'm still on on the fence of whether God caused the accident. I think I caused the accident. the The cause mm-hmm. of the accident was me. But I think God mm. knew knew yeah. the accident was going to happen. I think if the mm. accident had happened, I I think it was part of His destiny because He knew that what my heart would be and that I would I would be in some event that would mm. cause me to almost die, and that part mm-hmm. of my destiny was for Him to to save my life, heal me. That was his plan, and he mm-hmm. and he leaves it to our decision to either believe, seek him, or to yeah. be like, no, nah, that wasn't God. Uh, I'm I'm better now, and I'm gonna you know continue to live my life. I mean, we have free mm-hmm. will. God can yes. God, yeah. God can do a miracle, and we can either choose to believe, to seek him, mm-hmm. or not. So I believe. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was God's destiny and purpose 
and he knew all along that I would almost die and he would for my yeah. life. It was up to mm. me to decide to believe in him, to seek him, and that is seeking him and what God has best for me mm. or not. And let me tell you, I believe, you know, even though I was clear for my, my rehabilitation, they're like, um, and therapy, I was still not, my cognitive ability was still not all there. And once I had, mm. I had, I had to dream about my, about the favorites, about the two brothers, both depicting what happened to me in a dream. Mm-hmm. And I thought I was supposed to write it to a movie script. My obedience in writing it into a script, uh, when I've never written some, <laughs> I've never written more than 20 pages in my life. And I have a traumatic brain injury, and I write and write and write day and day and night just writing. That helped, helped me. God was, me being obedient to God, God was being my, my healer, my rehabilitation yeah. that I needed to help my brain recover and heal itself. So I, yeah. I, I test, uh, me, me seeking God and doing that, and that was hard. It was not easy. Yeah. Writing this yeah. script was it, it was difficult. I went over a hundred drafts of of it was ended up being what a hundred and something pages, you know, just time again, riding hours and hours and hours. Uh, mm. It was, um, but but yeah, God God has what's best, and you know, I'm looking back at all the different things in my uh, that's happened in my life so far. This led to this, led to this, led to this, led to this. But each step, even though it was difficult and it was hard and it was a struggle, I was doing with what I thought for my life. Uh, and I, just, I could I, just see his hand. I just see his hand. Well, you know, and it, it, it makes me think of the word obedience. It makes me think, when I think about you and I think about your life, I think about the one word that just keeps popping in my mind is obedience, that your, your obedience was, was leading you to the next level of your healing. You know, when you could have gotten out of that hospital bitter and angry, and there, there are moments that you were. You've told us that. But you talked to God about it. You didn't redirect it through an outside source which of addictions and, you know, behavior that, that is so easy to do. So you, you, you aligned your life in obedience to what God was asking you to. And this is so big for, for myself and our listeners to hear is that you were always, you know, one of your scriptures you say or is the Romans 8:28. for we know all things work together for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. And Luke, to me, it seems that every time God was calling you to do something, you said yes, no matter what it was or how hard it was, and that he was using that for your good. Like in the writing of the script, the writing of the script, but think about how multifaceted it is. It's now a movie that can inspire someone. It is a topic of which others can see uh, true miracles happen. And all the while it was bringing back, it was helping you use the mental capacity to, to sharpen you in those cognitive skills. Um, that was, that was a part of your healing that no one else could do. So, I mean, just the multifaceted ways that God has brought you back to who you are is amazing. But I want to, let's take just a few minutes and, and 
I, I do want to talk about the movie. And listeners, if you haven't seen it, oh, my gosh, you have to see it. My husband and I sat, and, and again, like I said, it's one of the most inspiring movies that you'll it's, – it's so real, just like Luke is. He, he just lays it out there the way it is, which I so admire. But, but Luke, did you say that you, you had a dream? So how, how long was it – how long had you been home from the hospital that this thought of the movie came into your mind? Do you um, remember well, that? I, I well, it was it was the the same year that I got back. Um, I think uh, the dream happened. Uh, it was August of 2013 is when the dream happened, um, and then I told my parents and my siblings over and over again my dream, my dream, my dream. How I think God wants me to write a script, and my my parents they encouraged me. Uh, and if they're just being honest, they're like they encouraged me because they're thinking they thought to themselves, well, if anything, this is going to help him with his with his rehab yeah. because the, the therapist kept on having him write stuff, so this is going to help him with his brain. So yes, Luke, write it to a script, write it to a script. Yeah. And <laughs> and and then uh, when they saw me spending all night writing, all day writing, 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 mm-hmm. writing, and uh, then. When they saw that, they're like, "Okay, we need to help him." And so they bought me Final Draft, which is the professional script writing format. Uh, and so I transposed my notebook into Final Draft, and they read it, started giving me notes and things like that. And they're like, "Okay, well, we need to get some professional eyes looking on this." And so uh, uh, then a professional looked at it and was like, "Listen, this script." It needs a lot of work, but I just mm-hmm. want to say that this script, it has something here, and it's the work is worth doing. Well, I just want to say that. Wow. And so that was huge encouragement for a professional saying it needs work, but it's work that is worth doing because there's, there's a story here. And so yeah. um, and, and beginning of 2014 we brought intercessors over to our house and prayed over the script and this journey that we were going to my parents and I were going to go into of of working on this script and getting this movie produced and so that was that was a start it, just, it started mm-hmm. started with prayer <laughs> wow and and now look at it. It's just amazing. Um, so when you when people look at the movie, is there is there a particular? And let me just stop right here, though. I just wrote something down that I think is so worth saying. I just wrote down how proud your parents must be of you. How incredibly proud they must be of you, Luke. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, they, they, I, uh, I, I. I would, I would, I, I think they've, they've told me that they're, they're, they're proud of me, but you know, I'm one of six. And so as proud as they are of me, I'm sure that they don't play favorites either. Like my, you know, parents, they don't play favorites. Like God doesn't play favorites. Right. So, so right. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just teasing, but, but, but yes, yes. I'm yes. They're proud of me. Uh, well, I love the humility in which you uh, live in all this, but I understand it. Uh, well, I mean, I don't understand it to the level that you have, but 
I, I can I can only imagine looking at records where it says give up on him. It's time to give out his organs, and then for you to be where you are. I'm I'm sure there's a lot of humility that comes with that, and a relationship with God that no one can understand unless you've been there. And I I think that's why I wanted to do this interview so badly because I think that you know. Luke, a lot of people, not a lot of people can say that they've been there physically where they just, you know, where it's like just give up on them. But there are a lot of people that are right there, right at that very spot right now, you know, emotionally and and um, and and spiritually where they just feel dead. You know, they feel like dead people walking. And so, you know, the same principles apply uh, as far as the prayer and, and doing what God is asking you to do, rededicating your life to the Lord, you know, you don't have to stay in a vegetative state as a believer, right? It's just seeking God and just starting to take those steps of whatever God would have you to do next. Wouldn't you agree, Luke, if you're feeling spiritually dead, that you just, you just like what you said, seek God, trust him. Is that what you would say to them? Yes. Yes. Um, I mean, and this, this, don't feel rushed and sometimes i mean just remove everything and go 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 to a, uh take a walk go to a quiet place mm-hmm. and just spend time with god just talk to god in a quiet place to get all the distractions of the world out don't feel like you have to do anything you just sit there and your prayer could just be sitting there and not saying anything, not saying anything, right. and you could just be like, God, I don't know what to say, but help me. And because God mm. knows, he knows, you don't, don't feel like you have to you know, eloquently say anything to God, and then, then he will answer your prayer. Then he will help you. God knows. Just, just mm. set up part time to just sit there and just be like, and just be like, God, help me. Mm. I I don't so know what beautiful. to say. I don't know what to do. I'm lost. Can you just mm. help me? Because wow. God wants that. He wants to hear you say that. And just mm. you know, just go off by yourself, removing all the distractions. This is your quiet time. You just sit there. And just, just sit there for like, I don't know, five to ten minutes, just sit there and just be there in that quiet place. And don't feel like you have to say mm. anything. And I think, mm. I think, you know, I just, I just feel like we've come to, to realize that feeling all these obligations, well, we have to pray like this. We have to say this. We have this amount of time to do this. The, the, mm. we have to, so, no, cast that all aside. Just, you know, just set apart time where you just are just quiet, just quiet. Mm. And saying, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say, God, but I'm here. So mm. that's what I recommend. I uh, just, I mean, that was just so beautiful, so beautiful, so beautifully said. Hey, listen, um, what we we only have, we have about ten, we have about six or eight minutes left. I have a big question about later about how you. I know this is 10 years. I know that you're hoping to celebrate. You're you're trying to think of some way to celebrate. But before we ask, ask before I ask you that question, two other things I want to ask. You know, when people 
after watching the movie, The Favorite, what what do you hope is their their takeaway? What do you want? What is the takeaway from the movie, The Favorite? The the takeaway is that I want them to take away that they are loved, mm. that that they are God loves them, even though not they even the bad that they've done, all the wrongs doesn't matter. God mm. loves you. They are. Wow. I want everyone to see this message and take away, I am God's favorite. God loves me. That is the message <laughs> I hope that they pull from watching the favorites. Oh, my goodness. What? How beautiful. People, listen. I mean, this is great. Look, okay, one more question before we go into that um, is um, how do people reach you? I mean, is there a way that, like um, someone may want to invite you to their church, or is there a, is there a specific way that they can reach out to you? Want to? Oh man! Uh, should they come um, through me? How, how, should, would it be okay that, if they just came that, through me? Well, I mean, I I, I I'm yeah, just trying to think I, of like what. Yeah, I don't want you to give they, your home phone can, number or anything. How well, about this? I, how, I, how, go ahead. Well, if, yes, just, they can. They can. They can contact ever, you, or or they yeah. can they can contact uh, my dad's um, um, nonprofit organization, Somebody Cares Tampa Bay. Um, okay. Yes, they can contact them to you know bridge the reach bridge you. that gap. Okay. Yeah, to reach me okay. uh, directly. Uh, so, um, um, yes. Somebody so, cares. Um, okay. Yeah. Somebody cares. Tampa That's... Bay. Um, they can they can um, email uh, my father Daniel at sctb dot org uh, and okay. asking to connect with me and uh, you email you send an email to him. And um, I will, I'll be able to get that the email sent to him. Even though it goes to him, I'll be reading it, and I will uh, follow up. Uh, so Perfect. S is in, yes. Somebody cares. Tampa Bay. Sctb dot org. Um, that is perfect, yeah, and, and I'll also put, I'll also put that on our on our information as we post this, so that people can get that as well. Thank you so much for that. I was I, I know that people will probably want to reach out, or or may, you know, or maybe they'll just go to the movie and find out everything they need there. And people, I would tell you, please, please, uh, watch the movie The Favorite. You've heard, I mean, for Luke to be in a vegetative, what they expected to be a vegetative state, to writing and scripting out his own movie. I have a good friend who's a scriptwriter, and I can't wait to ask her. Um, 
she's just going to be blown away because not being a scriptwriter, I don't know the difficulty, but she will. Also, I do have a son who is a neurosurgeon, and I can't wait to give him some of this information. He knows a little bit about your story, and he says, oh, my gosh. It, I mean, he is definitely a physician who believes in the power of God and, and miracles. And so, um, and, and again, while this is a physical miracle, I do want to uh, keep telling our audience, you know, God is, God also will heal emotional, you know, miracles emotionally and, and uh, spiritually. So whatever miracle, friends, you're looking for today that you feel is dead, that you just can't, you can't come back, God is the miracle. And, and I love what Luke says. When you walk away from his movie, The Favorite, he wants you to feel like you are God's favorite because God would have given his life had it only been for you. That's what the scripture says. Well, Luke, I cannot even tell you what a pleasure it has been um, watching your movies, reading about you, uh, talking to friends that that um, that know you, and and having them just describe it, everything that they said about you, about being real and vulnerable and just in love with the Lord is so true, and it's it's beyond it's oh, been beyond my you. expectation. Oh, it has been wonderful, but I, but you know I can't help but think. So we're coming up on ten years, right? Or ten years? Are, yeah. Are yep. you thinking? March nine. Yeah. It's so be ten years. So are you yep. thinking of some way to celebrate, or what? What do you have planned? Well, I mean, <laughs> that that was kind of like, I mean, uh, th- this past year, I, I was really thinking of like, what am I gonna do? I just I like, I want to do something big, like, and I was thinking <laughs> maybe like try to do like some long distance run, maybe like a marathon, an Ironman or something, some big testament of saying the what God has done and how I'm able to just show my, my healing. And so, uh-huh. uh, but the, that was, that was a plan. I was training for that and stuff like that. And um, like I said, I still have injuries and one of the biggest injuries is that um my my pituitary gland was injured with my brain injury, and that deals with all your hormones. So my hormones um, were all out of balance, and they all came back, you know, with treatment to being regulated in a normal balance, except for my testosterone. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, um, and so I, I was I I was married in 2021, and bailing newlyweds and things like that, I. Uh, I went and got my semen analysis uh, to see where I'm at about having kids. And basically they said I had virtually nothing. Uh, Mm. And low sperm counts, basically there there were six when they were supposed to be Mm. like 15 million. Uh, Mm. (laughs) So uh, basically that's where um, I was at and – and and just didn't think it was going to happen. It really broke my heart because I I mean I'm I love I love children and I have a heart for them and so I want you know, children of my own and and I was like thinking to myself okay so Satan he didn't kill me but he's killed all my all my offspring and so I was really mm-hmm. upset about that but I was just believing that you know. You know, even if I don't have 
much all of my own. You know, maybe God's best is he wants me to be the father and adopt. So um, mm. I was open to that. And I was to find out my wife is pregnant. <laughs> yes. <Yay>! Pregnant. <laughs> and the due date... <laughs> I went to the, her her ultrasound. Like I start tearing up when I'm seeing my child do the ultrasound, and then the nurse says uh, we're trying to speculate of when she actually got pregnant, and she's like, "No, nope, you're 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 six weeks pregnant. Your due date is March 15th," and I just. I lost it. March 15th. <laughs> that was basically, it was God saying, Luke, I don't need you to do anything to show the miracle that I've done. I got it. Don't mm. worry. I got it. And so mm. that's, I mean, you know, this is like wow. the testament of uh, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I come to bring abundant life. That's John 10, 10. That's a prayer. I got my parents prayed over me and that's abundant life right there. God he healed me yeah. and abundant life. I am going to be father of a precious little girl, Annie, coming in March. And I'm so excited. I'm so blessed that I'm able to be I'm able to be a dad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, I'm sitting here with just wiping the tears away. I just uh, just amazing. And what you just said is exactly the way I was going to wrap up the show because your notes say that your scripture is and 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 listeners please lean in and listen to this from someone who knows some from someone who has experienced uh what should have been death, what should have been a vegetative state. He believed the scriptures. He had people who prayed over them. He took the next step. You know, maybe God is just waiting for you to take the next step. What is it? You know, your miracle could be in just moving toward whatever it is that God is asking you to do. Uh, Very humbly, Lucas said, the thief came to steal, kill, and destroy. But he took the words of Jesus that said, but I... I, Jesus, this is Jesus talking, I've come to give you abundant life. And yes, the enemy tried to kill, he tried to steal, he tried to destroy. But to the servants of God, to those who seek him, to those who separate themselves out to serve him, he says, Jesus says, you're not only going to have life, but the abundant life. And we don't know what that looks like in your life, but we sure do know that God's word is always true, and it's always on time, no matter what we may think. And so for Luke, yes, he has given, Luke's very own words are, he has given me life, and soon the life of a precious little girl, Annie. And Luke's final words are, now that's abundant life. Luke Bernard, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, my gosh, what a delight and what a joy, my friend. And I hope to talk to you soon. And please stay in touch. Please let me know when little Annie is born. We'll all be rejoicing with you. Thank you so much. Oh, I can't wait. I'm going to let the world know. (laughs) Oh, I know you are. And, friends, thank you so much for stopping by for coffee. I truly hope and pray and know that this has been a conversation that has encouraged and equipped you. I look forward to seeing you next time right here on Coffee. 
Goodbye, everybody. Bye, Luke. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. To learn more about Kim's books, teaching materials, or to invite Kim to speak at your event, please visit kimcrables.org. Thank you for joining us today. And remember, to learn more, please visit kimcrables.org.